0: Hey everybody, how are you doing today? I appreciate you joining me again for another episode of my little podcast here. And I hope uh, I'm giving you some good content and something to think about and things to learn. And and hopefully there's some tidbits of information that you take out of this to use in your own um, trading portfolio. Today we're going to talk about Microsoft. Um, we're going to talk about Microsoft and we're going to talk about... Um, merger arbitrage, um, which is not something I'm an expert on, um, but sometimes um, obvious opportunities present themselves, and I'm going to sh- explain to you one opportunity that presented itself to me that I took, and uh, we'll go in more detail about that. So first, Microsoft. Microsoft reported earnings on the 25th, and it's a company that I've always liked. It's something that I've always um, watched. I've never really owned it. Um, I remember years ago back... Before it started its big run up, it was trading in the 80s, in the high 80s, low 90s. And I was, um, I remember one day I was setting a limit order in and it just kind of took off. And I think it was around $89, $90. And the order never filled. It started running, you know, like all the other stocks did um, a couple of years ago. So I kind of lost interest as it ran up and up and up, you know, two, $300 a share. So, But as everything's been pulling back lately, um, it's come back up on the radar where I thought, okay, now's the time to actually start looking at it as um, maybe a core holding, maybe something to trade around. Um, And as I've been developing my strategy here with selling puts and calls and looking to buy an underlying core holding of a a company, I've added it to my list of companies that I'm going to be doing that uh, little strategy on. So, before I made that decision, I bought some. My first buy of Microsoft was actually back in September. On September 21st, I bought five shares. It was at $240 a share. It was nearing all-time lows, and I thought, well, this has got to be a good opportunity. Um, I bought 240 shares, um, just long, in my portfolio. Um, I watched, and over the next couple of uh, weeks, it went up, it went up, so I thought, well, maybe I'll do some trading around around this and see how... It reacts. I knew we were going to be going lower. I was assuming there would be more bottoming out. I didn't think we're quite out of the woods yet where we would have big run-ups and I could sit on those five shares and just let them run. So um, on October 3rd and 4th, I sold those five shares, um, $248 average. So I made a whopping $34.78 on that trade. woo Um, not huge Um, I was getting nervous as it started going up again because I thought okay well we're gonna have a pullback and I'm sure of it we did so what I started after that was just running the my selling puts options on that on the 10th I sold um, um, put for 220 I got $130 for that and then a few days later I bought that back for $27 um, on the 25th, I sold a put for 235 This is the most recent one coming into the earnings. So right now, I have that open, the $235 put. I got $160 for that. Um, also, yesterday, I bought um, a fractionalized amount, $500 worth, which ended up being a little over two shares. So if you look in my portfolio or my tracking from the 21st my, my original purchase to the 26th, my most recent purchase, um, my 2.142 shares have cost me a little over $200. So my price per share is right at $94. Um, I still have the outstanding put so if that gets if that gets assigned to me then that's going to alter that dramatically. But if Microsoft is able to stay above 235, into tomorrow, into Friday's closing, then that's where I am. That's so. This was the this was a really recent, and and visible explanation of, of what I say when I when I talk about buying shares, selling the, the options around those shares, and then lowering your cost basis. So if I were to stop right now, if Microsoft was to close above two thirty five tomorrow, and I and I never touched it again, then I have these two shares. Um, at about less than a hundred dollar cost basis, less than it was, you know, five years ago, which I think is pretty cool. Um, this is going to be on my Substack posting, so you'll be able to take a look at it and and see how it worked out. So let's get into their earnings. So their earnings are actually good. I mean, I'm not. I know that overall that there's been some weakness when it comes to ad spending and and stuff, but I think for the most part they had a good earnings. They were um, they had you know fifty billion in revenues, eleven um, percent increase from last year. Um, operating income of about twenty one and a half billion, which was up six percent. Um, their in their net income it did decline um, by fourteen percent to seventeen point six billion, but that was a uh, a twenty two dollars and thirty five cents per share um, earning. So I mean we're still making money. You know the company's not growing like it like it had been, but nothing is. I don't think anybody expected it really to maintain that kind of growth. I know prior to the earnings this season there's been a lot of um like lowering of expectations to just to hopefully soften the blow of some of these earnings. Um, it's increasing its productivity in its different business it owns, you know, LinkedIn, Azure, Xbox, um those are those are all growing or, you know, slightly growing. Um LinkedIn's revenue increased. Um Xbox content declined, but I'm not too concerned about that because I'm really thinking that their um, Activision Blizzard merger is going to go through, um, and that's another um Rush thing that I'll talk about later on. Um, so overall, you know, it's it's growing in in services like cloud computing, cloud products. Their revenue increased twenty two percent compared to you know Q three of twenty twenty one, and they've also increased. Over their last year, Azure, LinkedIn, and Cloud Services—they're all growing. So that's a good—that's a good thing. Um, Azure alone um, increased twenty percent over last year with the twenty billion dollars in revenue. I mean, that's—that's that's amazing. Their one little unit is twenty billion dollars in revenue. So I feel bullish on on Microsoft. Still, you know, today's—you know—yesterday's um, movement in the in the stock doesn't scare me. Um, let me see. It dropped, I know, down to below my strike on my current um, put. But like I said, I'm not worried about it. it closed yesterday at 231. And uh, and it's trading before market right now at oh, 231. It's, still, it's ticking right there flat from yesterday. So I'm hopeful that over today and tomorrow it ticks up a little bit. I get my close above 235, and then I'm able to sell another put on it. If not, then I'll get assigned those shares and I'll flip the wheel around and our, our sell calls on it and make some options premium there. So like I said, these all these, my little charts, I'll post up in my uh, Substack post later on today. So the next thing I want to talk about is Twitter. Have you heard of Twitter? Um, if you happen to uh, not yet follow me on Twitter, I'm at options underscore legacy is my um, Twitter handle. <clears throat> but um, so last Friday... The news came out that the United States, I don't know, it was the Justice Department or some agency was looking at Twitter and possibly going to investigate them for um, national security risks. Kind of what we're hearing about TikTok. You know, there's a lot of a lot of chatter out there about TikTok and its relation to the Chinese government and stuff like that. So this news came out on Friday, and Twitter just tanked. I mean, it dropped down to fifty dollars a share. Now, at the same time. The common news was that Elon Musk was going to be closing his deal to buy Twitter the next week, this week, um, for $54 a share. Now, I'm not an expert on mergers and arbitrage and, you know, obviously government investigations. But to me, that seemed like that was kind of an overreaction to the news. Because there wasn't announcing of an investigation. It was a rumor that there may be some kind of investigation going on. And there was nothing... Being really bandered about about the government trying to stop the acquisition, so like even if there is some kind of um, investigation being planned, it's something that could continue regardless of Twitter being a publicly traded or, or privately held company. So, <clears throat> what I did was I sold one put on Twitter with a I went out as far as I could a January seventeenth a twenty twenty five expiration the further you go out in the expirations, the higher the premium is. So I sold this this put that expires in January of 2025 at $50 strike price. Um, And I got $3.27 for that. With fees and commissions, I netted $326.31 on a one-week hold. Because tomorrow, uh, all the news reports are saying that it's, um, it's, it's closing day for Twitter. I guess there was a, a notice sent out last night of, of delisting of Twitter that it's and the banks are starting to fund their portions of the of the credit that they're putting up to help Elon buy the company. So I'm just looking forward to tomorrow. everything goes smoothly, Twitter closes, and this option will be closed out um, out of the money because Twitter is a, what, 52 dollars right now and I will bank this $326. This is um, a a version of merger arbitrage. If you are relatively confident that a merger is going to happen, then you can look at the price the merger will be closing at and the price the stock is trading at and decide if buying at that price is worth the risk that the merger doesn't happen. Um, Activision Blizzard is another example of this. Activision Blizzard right now is trading. Um, it was closed yesterday at seventy-two dollars and forty-eight cents. The merger with or their buyout um, by Microsoft is supposed to be around ninety-five dollars a share. So we're trading twenty dollars below that price, and that price and that's baked in the risk that the some agency. Or um, government will step in and, and try to block the sale, try to block the merger, you know, for whatever reasons—antitrust or security, who knows what. So that's the why that you can buy Activision Blizzard for seventy-two dollars, um, potentially hold it, and um, re- and get ninety-five dollars in return if the sale closes. Um, Warren Buffett's doing this. I read an article that he's he's doing this merger arbitrage play. He's playing it both on the sides that a if the merger goes through, it's a great return on the investment, and b he also feels that it's a it's a good company to own long term, regardless if the merger went through or not. So having and not having um, Buffett's reasoning in mind, but just knowing ATVI is a company that I'm I'm long anyway um, in my portfolio. Um, in my kid's portfolio, I think in my wife's portfolio as well, I'm long, and in my own personal portfolio, I'm long Activision Blizzard. Um, so what I did was, on the 25th, I looked and I again, I went out to the longest date possible, so another January 2025 contract, and I said, well, if I sell a $75 put on Activision Blizzard, and this and this um, merger does not go through, you know. Where am I at with this put? You know, how much would I have leeway to uh, to to be in the money or to make money on it? Well, a January twenty twenty five seventy five dollar put at the time was trading at ten dollars, which is a thousand dollars in cash because you're doing one hundred shares per contract. So that means that my break even would be about sixty five dollars if i if I get ten dollars for the ten dollars for the contract and the and I get assigned at seventy five dollars then my break even price is sixty five dollars so I looked at the chart and sixty five sixty six um, it looks like a good um, gap fill that's where it was trading at just before the merger was announced so I thought <clears throat> I'm cool with that you know I'm, I worst case scenario the merger gets gets um shut down it doesn't happen um activision blizzard is going to drop obviously um in price Um, i'm still at my break even of 65 66 so it's unlikely that the person who who sold that contract to me would do an early assignment because they would still be um underwater on it um but if they did um in a good company that at at a good price i think at 66 dollars a share so that's my um, second merger arbitrage plays. Activision Blizzard. I sold the the long dated put on that for a thousand dollars. You know, so we'll see what happens if that merger starts happening. If it looks like it go, it's going to go, and the price starts running up closer to their buyout price of of ninety five, then this contract will re- will be reduced greatly um, in value, and I might close it out early. I don't think I wait till the actual merger happens like I'm waiting for Twitter tomorrow because it's such a short term period. But if Activision Blizzard, even once it looks good, it can still take months to complete. So if this thing drops significantly in, in value, then I, I'll buy it back at whatever profit. So that's, that's what I want to talk about today. Um, go over Microsoft, go over some changes, like I said, in my, in my strategy. What I'm doing is, um, so the plan going forward now with my um, zero cost basis experiment, is I have a list of companies, of core companies I'm gonna buy small positions in to start. Right now because I'm using, I use Fidelity. Um, Fidelity is really, really good about letting you buy um, fractional shares. They can buy by dollar amounts as opposed to share numbers. So I'm buying just a flat $500 worth of um, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine companies, 10 companies. Um, Apple, Microsoft, Tesla, um, IWM, the Mercil 2000 ETF, Snow, um, Confluent, Zscaler, uh, DLO, and Datadog. Those companies are, I think, going to be some long-term holds that I that I want to get my cost bases down because, um, like, the Snow and Zscaler, those are more risky. You know, they're, they're still trying to prove themselves. Um, but I think by burning this strategy on those if I can get down to a core holding where um, my cost basis is much much lower than they're trading now then I'm in a safer place with holding those companies long term um, my plan is to like I said I buy the $500 worth now and then sell puts and calls around that um, core holding now I'm not selling that core holding because you need a hundred shares in order to really to do those strategies so that's why the, the puts go first and then the calls if assigned and then put more puts, you know. Um, but I will use some of my options premium that I get for each holding to add to the core holding on on pullback days. You know, when the, when I think the stock price is trading lower. Um, if we're on a day where the where the market's just running, you know, 2%, 3 4%, I'm not going to add to it. But if we're down that day and if it's red and it's close to my, you know, what I'm thinking is a good cost, then I'll buy some more. But those are gonna be game time decisions. But I know you're not following me for trades, you're not following me for alerts. Um, Hopefully you're following me just to see what I'm doing and to see if some things I do is something that you can apply to yours. Um, Feel free to ask questions, reach out to me on Twitter. Um, You can send questions through the Substack letter that I hope you're following. Um, Twitter options underscore legacy. give me a follow there. In my Twitter bio is a link to the podcast as well as the Substack. It's all free. I'm not charging for any of this stuff. I'm not trying to make any money. I'm just learning along with y'all. Uh, thank you very much for listening today. Let's have a good Thursday in the market.